Hey everyone, this is Michael Krause with Go Social, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from me as well as the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing team with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or you can go to our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. So we are here today with Justin uh, from Cooking with Justin. He is a self-taught grill master from Minnesota and has a great following on both Instagram and TikTok. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Justin. Um, And we're, we're happy to have you on. So, so Justin, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what got you interested in cooking and grilling? Yeah, yeah, definitely. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. Really happy to talk through some of the stuff that that's been going on lately. Um, I, I got interested in grilling and cooking in general really uh, early on. Um, my mom and dad would always grill Thanksgiving turkey, actually, which was always a cool different way to um, prepare that holiday meal. And then um, in high school, we were able to take uh, fax classes and we would just cook food instead of go to class. So I kind of got a little more interested in cooking for for that reason. So I took a bunch of those courses and then kind of realized that I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Had a lot of fun with it and then went to college, didn't have any money. So I had to put kind of the cooking thing on hold. But when I got out of school, I um, just wanted to pick it back up and go for it again. And that's kind of what started the whole Instagram deal. Great. So I, I have to admit, I'm, I have never grilled anything in my life. My, my husband does all the grilling, but I'm curious, gas or, or charcoal, what's, what would you recommend? <laughs> so I saw that question. I just kind of laughed. Um, but gas, I, I go charcoal um, whenever I can, wherever I can. Charcoal is just a better flavor, in my opinion, and it's more fun, but I totally see the appeal to gas, so that's why I own both a gas and a charcoal grill. Awesome. So so what are your favorite types of food to grill? I would say meat, <laughs> meat or fish, really. Um, throw down some steaks, some salmon, um, anything on a kebab, anything skewered, veggies, I mean, if you can grill it, I'm probably going to be about it. I've been doing a, a lot of beef lately, and that's just kind of, a, I guess, a road or a path. My channel's gone down the last couple of months, but I am looking to, to mix it up and try different areas and do different things because I, I like grilling beef because it's, it's fun and I'm getting better at it. But I think there's definitely other opportunities um, and things to introduce to my grill, which would be good. So, you know, speaking of kind of creative things, I saw you made a, a marinade with tequila in it. Um, what, yeah, that what was awesome. Of, what are some of the most creative dishes or weirdest things you've ever grilled? Uh, I think those tequila tacos were one of my favorites. Um, that was definitely a different thing. I made, uh, what were they called? I took bagel bites and put pizza toppings on them one time and just baked them in the oven. They turned out awesome. I don't know. They're like snack pizzas, I guess. So I've done, I made pizza tacos too. That was interesting. Don't really recommend those, but <laughs> they look good. Sounds good on paper. 
Yeah, it was a good thought, I guess. So, but. So, what are when you know it's like you're you're a, a grill master. What is the most common mistake that you see people make while grilling? I mean, grill master is a very nice compliment. Anytime. <laughs> um, but I, I think that you know, really, just let your meat rest. If it's if you're doing a big roast or a steak or anything like that, give it. 10 and 15 minutes to just sit and it'll kind of do it's it's not or off heat cooking i guess um where, where it's already up to temp it's going to rise and temp again like if you want your steak at 130 don't pull it at 130 you're going to want to take it off the heat around like 115 120 and let it just kind of naturally rise its way up to the desired finish temp um, doing that also will keep the juices in the meat versus falling out on the cutting board and I think just not letting stuff rest or giving it the time it needs is maybe the best or the most common. Okay. So you're in Minnesota um, and obviously it probably gets pretty cold there. So just curious, like, do you still grill in the winter and like, do you have any tips for cold weather grilling? Yeah. Yeah. I grill year round. Um, I try and do whatever I can on the grill if I can. And if it's a bad day, then that's how I end up inside. But when it's cold outside, really, do you just use more charcoal? <laughs> I know it sounds so basic, <laughs> but it, it works. Um, it's it just it works. And do you have like special gloves or anything? Or uh, yeah, I mean normal snow gloves, I guess. But I built a, a snow kitchen in 2018, actually, yeah, or 2019. Sorry, this year, and it was just like a. 20 foot mountain of snow basically just like horizontal wise and it was like a tabletop so i could just set everything on the snow table and then i put my grill inside the table and kind of built it up so this year i'm looking to go with a bigger snow fort style kitchen so that i can grill outside with maybe some more comfort this is a dumb question but it doesn't melt how does that work oh yeah yeah so like the snow around the grill might melt like a little bit but Everything else is really, really cold. That's awesome. So I'm not, it, it wasn't enclosed or anything. I mean, it was very, op- very much an open uh, concept, if you will. But I'm looking to do something maybe a little more creative this year and see what happens <laughs> with, with good venting, of course. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that for sure. Um, so what is the, what's the food scene like in Minnesota? And does that inspire your cooking or grilling in any way? The food scene in Minnesota is, I think it's pretty, pretty robust. Um, it's pretty good. Like I've always enjoyed it my whole life. I gotta be honest though. Like I don't go out to try and find different styles of food often around Minnesota. Um, but I know our state fair, it has an awesome selection. So usually I just try different things there. Um, I get most of my, I guess, creative ideas from other pages on Instagram and just scrolling the, the for you or the network. Um, or the explore page. Is but, it um, Andrew Zimmer from Minnesota? I think I'm saying that right. He's on the Food Network Travel Channel. No, I'm not really sure. You're not sure. He eats all those like really odd, weird things. Um, but oh. I think he is from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That's cool. <laughs> I know. I know we have the Juicy Lucy, and I. I think that you know, there's two restaurants here that both claim to have invented it. I don't know if the Juicy Lucy is a national thing or if it's a Minnesota thing, 
Uh, it's just, a, it's a cheeseburger stuffed with cheese, basically, instead of putting the cheese on top of the burger. Um, those are pretty good. Those are definitely uh, a constant thing that people always want to try here, but I don't, I don't know if it's national or not. Do you, have you grilled it on your own? I have not, but now I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> I want Just to thinking look. about it. <laughs> um, well, we, we see that you do have a lot of brand partnerships or you mentioned brands on your page. You know, is that something that you proactively seek out or do they come find you? Yeah, um, that's kind of a, I give it like a 70-30 split. Um, early on, I would just kind of DM or direct message um, people on Instagram and just say, hey, I'm looking to, you know, cook or produce some content with your product. What are your thoughts? Um, and just kind of see where the conversations would go. Um, people started to send me stuff. I started to use it in the post and I found it to be a fun way to mix up the style of content that I was producing and putting out there. And the channel started to grow a little bit faster. I started doing unboxing videos, which I never in my life thought I would film an unboxing video, but they're <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> so, because I, I was able to kind of transfer the, the excitement of getting a new product from somebody into a, like an unboxing video where you just open it <laughs> and then you're going to show people what it looks like. And it's just like, just, I mean, it's, it sounds like such a basic concept, but it's, it's just kind of fun to produce and put out there. And, and it's kind of a fun way to kick off a partnership with a new brand when people do end up um, coming my way, I guess. Um, and lately, you know, other companies have been reaching out to me versus me reaching out to them. So it's starting to shift that um, split closer towards the 50-50 area, which is nice um, to not have to be as proactive. But it's it's still fun to bring different um, brands or companies or products into the channel and work with them and help, you know, showcase the stuff that they've accomplished and then also build on the things. Um, accomplishing too. So from your experience, what do you think makes a good partnership? I think it's when, you know, both people have something in the game. Um, like I'll oftentimes pay for shipping or, or offer to pay for a portion of the product. Uh, I don't want to just accept things for free all the time because I feel like that's maybe not you know, giving the producer what it's worth in that sense. Um, I think it, you know, it shows a good first step forward with the brand to show that you are truly interested in the product and you're not just looking to get it for free, basically. That's interesting. So I, I saw you mentioned, I think I'm saying this right, Renan Bros or Renan Brothers. Um, yeah, yeah. Renan Boss. It's a, oh, Renan Boss. I think okay. it's, a, it's a different language term for DNA and beef. <laughs> so okay. it, it roughly translates to pure beef. Um, but, ah. yeah. well, yeah, I, so it, is it crowdsourced beef or can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, about the, the name itself or about the company? The company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's about all I know about the name. Um, <laughs> but the company, uh, it's crowdsourced beef and what they do is they, they go, so like Ren and boss, the guy who's the founder there, he owns his own ranch and they sell the beef that they produce nationally via this website but then they also partner with brands or not brands ranches in their area and people that he knows from working with them and you know talking about how do they raise cattle compared to how he raises cattle and then what run and boss is doing is pulling um, beef from these different areas of the u.s and then feeding these cattle different diets and then you get a custom diet 
fed piece of beef um, shipped to your door and or a, a lot of pieces of beef shipped to your door. So you really get to experience uh, like like the average box size is 10 to 20 pounds. So you get a good chunk and they also sell like full cows and half cows and quarter cows and stuff like that. But the whole idea is you're going to try um, an animal that was fed a specific diet. And just as an example, like I ordered a box of um, apple fed um, steaks and they were fantastic. They actually had like a sweeter taste to the ribeyes versus just kind of a, a more bland, basic beef taste. I, I told the guy that he's ruining beef for me, um, but it was a great experience. And, and I highly recommend them to anybody. They're definitely a, a premium product that's out there. And the coolest part about Running Boss is that they are paying the ranchers what the beef is worth versus um, not, I guess. <laughs> well, that sounds like a really, really great concept. And, you know, I, I definitely want to try something from there now, too. But switching gears a little more to the, the social side of things, we see that you use both Instagram and TikTok. Which one do you prefer? That is such a big question. And, and, and I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I started off definitely preferring Instagram, but as I've been exploring with TikTok, it's growing on me. I can say that. Um, you get a lot of different opinions on TikTok than you do on Instagram. People will more so tell you how it is, so then you can see areas you can improve on, whereas Instagram seems to be more uh, like, hey, great job. So, like nobody really tells you what you should have done, you know? Um, and, and I kind of like that TikTok, it tells you the things that you might not have done well that you can improve on next time. Like as an example, you mean just the, the consumer feedback or, or does it say stuff in like the analytics or insights? It, it would be consumer feedback or the people who are following the comments that they leave. Um, <laughs> I would say that they are less filtered on TikTok, which is, which is, which is helpful. So in terms of engagement, do you, do you feel like you get more views and, and comments on TikTok versus Instagram? I think so. And I think that maybe just the, whatever algorithms are behind the scenes going on on those two apps, I think that plays a big part. TikTok just kind of, it just throws random videos on your feed. And then if those videos perform well, it continues to put them on your feed. Um, whereas, and that would be similar to Instagram's explore page and TikTok calls it the For You page. Um, and I think that getting on the For You page is a much, much easier thing to do than to get on Instagram's um, Explore page. I've had a, a couple of videos, a couple of pictures get on TikTok's, or sorry, Instagram's Explore page. Um, and those ones do well and it, it's good. But when a video actually um, goes big on TikTok, I mean, you can get, hundreds of thousands of views versus, you know, a couple thousand views on Instagram. And it's, I think it's just the, the attention span, the style of video. Um, I don't know. It kind of goes into a different, uh, they're just different, I guess is the best way to put it. And I know that doesn't really hit the intensive question. No, it does. So, so how would you say your audience differs from platform to platform? I think that my audience on Instagram is probably more food-based and more um, curious about what is going to come up next. 
and TikTok seems to be more, hey, we love your steak sear videos. Give us more tequila marinade stuff. Um, and and it's just, it's kind of funny because it's like, okay, I can keep doing that stuff or I can keep trying other stuff. Um, and right now my plan is just to keep trying other stuff and see what other stuff, you know, goes well on TikTok and goes well on Instagram. Um, and once I find, you know, a style of content that produces well on both, then I think that's something that I'll pursue further. Yeah, I guess that leads us into our next question is, how do you tweak your content for TikTok versus, you know, Instagram stories or Instagram? Yeah, and what, what's funny there is I actually film all of my stuff on my Instagram stories. So anybody who's following can see it first. And then I just have that save um, to my phone. What that does for me is it keeps those clips to 15 seconds or less. And then you can kind of, you really have to pick and choose what content you're going to video and what content you're not. Because if you just video the whole thing, you're going to have an hour of, of useless stuff that nobody wants to watch. But if you get all of the good 15 second clips, um, you can make something that's entertaining and works out well for that zero to 60 second long video. Um, but as far as what I'll, do on both. I try and keep them to 15 to 30 seconds on TikTok because I find that those videos and those lengths of time typically perform better. Um, but with Instagram, I try and do a full one minute cook just to try and show the start, the middle, the finish. Um, but that gets challenging sometimes because I can't do it all in 60 seconds. So then I go to Instagram TV and do a two or three minute post. But I try and avoid those two. Um, because, you know, the minute is more so the, the longest time that people want to watch a video on Instagram. But TikTok, it's much shorter. It's much faster. So you kind of have to really pick and choose. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the Do you do music ever on your TikTok? Up? Or do you ever put it to music? Or um, I've done that. I did that with the tequila marinade video. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one actually did well, but that was also a different kind of video in the sense that it was showing a marinade and it was showing a top-down how to assemble. But I, t- I really don't use music when I do the TikToks because I think that I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from just talking and then uh, getting the sizzle because people like the sizzle, I guess, on TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> which just was funny to me at first. And now I'm like, all right, it makes sense. I get it. <laughs> so we see that you put out content pretty much daily do you feel like this frequency is a key to keeping your fans engaged and yes um daily is extremely important when i first was contemplating this whole instagram journey i asked one of my friends he has a bodybuilding account he's around ten thousand followers he's like dude you want to build it you got to post daily and i'm like what (laughs) you know like like daily cooks and daily content that's that's tons of time that's tons of effort and you know maybe more than i was originally planning on putting in um but he said hey if you're gonna do it like why not go all in like okay that makes sense let's post daily um so so early on i started just doing friday night cooks um and i would try and go live every friday just to keep people you know engaged coming back to the channel and then i would post parts of those cooks throughout the week um, as a way to help me make my content last a little further or go a little further and as the channel has grown and evolved it's kind of come into i'll do two or three cooks in a week now and i'm like all right i can post this part this part this part and this part um and then this will get me through the next you know seven days i'm like okay that works but 
well I have stuff um, ready to post, then I have to continually be cooking new stuff so that I have stuff to post after the old content runs out. And I think posting daily really does two things for me. It, it helps my followers stay engaged and know what's going on. Um, but it also forces me to continuously improve and continuously cook. So there's not really like a like an off day, if you will, unless you cook yourself way up or cook out, as I call it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think daily is really the way to go. If, and, and I haven't posted daily on TikTok, but I do try and post daily on Instagram. And I think that there's um, maybe that you can use pictures on Instagram. That helps me get over those days where I'm just like, you know, I don't want to cook today. Like I should, but I, I just can't. Then I'll put up a picture maybe um, because that, that works out. And then TikTok, you can't do pictures. So just nothing gets posted to TikTok. Um, so the daily post is really, I guess, an Instagram-based rule for me. Interesting. So, you know, we have heard rumors that Instagram's working on features that are going to mimic TikTok. Um, how do you how do you feel about this? Would you ever, you know, abandon TikTok and just move solely to Instagram? And I, I don't think I would abandon TikTok at this point. Um, I'm having fun with TikTok still. And I think that it's it's been good to me. I don't know why I would drop something that's that's continuing to grow. Um, I wouldn't rule an Instagram style TikTok out, but my guess would be that Instagram would go maybe with the more lip sync, let's just do like a music over this kind of video approach. Whereas my TikTok approach doesn't really use music unless it's doing a, a tequila marinade video um, or some kind of marinade, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I, I would definitely stick with TikTok and Instagram. Um, probably explore both options and just see how it played out. Definitely. So, so where do you see, based upon you know, you using TikTok and then also the changes that we've seen upon Instagram over the last year, half year, where do you see Instagram heading and where do you see TikTok heading from your experience? My thought over the last uh, six months, I've been on both platforms roughly. I think Instagram's going to stay flat and TikTok's going to continue to grow. Um, from what I've seen, Instagram is still, you know, picture, video, Instagram TV, those are your options kind of deal. TikTok is, it's expanding, it's growing rapidly. Um, I'm getting a lot of calls or DMs or messages about TikTok, you know, hey, what are some tips? Hey, what kinds of things are you doing on there? What's a good you know, like, what should I look for? Um, so, and I know TikTok's releasing like a creator marketplace, <clears throat> at least a beta for it. And they, they invited me to that, which is kind of fun to be on the, the cutting edge of something that's just dropping on a new app like TikTok. What, uh, what is that going to entail? Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, yeah. So the creative marketplace, that's a way for different brands to connect directly with content creators via TikTok. So they are just providing like a space for, to help basically individual companies and individual creators um, make a connection, which I think is a really cool opportunity because it takes a lot of the legwork out of my side of things where I'm sending messages, emails, phone calls. Um, and it, it kind of puts me on a central area where maybe some people who are looking for, you know, food-based influencers or cooking-based influencers to, you know, showcase their product. 
So I, I think that's going to be a really cool area that TikTok's going to, I think that'll do well. So I'm excited for that. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting to hear. And I, you know, I, Michael can attest to this. I went on TikTok for the first time a few, you know, a few weeks ago and I haven't stopped talking about it. I just, I, I think it's just, there's something about it that people are just having fun and, you know, I haven't seen that in a while on social. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with that. And that's where my first video was like a steak searing and I had no idea what I was posting and I just was like, this looks good. I'm going to post this. And then that one kind of popped off and I was like, Hey, maybe I should invest some time at TikTok." And I started looking through, you know, a bunch of the different posts that, that were coming up on my for you page. And then, you know, 30, 40 minutes went by and I'm like, Jesus, like where did all my time just go? <laughs> so, and I realized how long I'd been on that app and I'm like, okay, this has potential if it just got me hooked for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Um, so now I try and, and not spend that much time on there anymore. But it, it was just kind of a, a little bit of a wake up call because I'll spend, you know, easily 30, 40 minutes on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, if I'm spending that much time on this app, you know, if I'm also going to spend that much time on this other app, I should probably, you know, put the same amount of effort in. Um, and the content has, it's been performing well on TikTok. So I'm glad I stuck with it. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, this has been really interesting to hear and learn about, especially the TikTok portion, because that is a, a newer network. And, you know, we don't have any clients that are currently using it. We tend to do more in the beverage alcohol space. And um, I think it still skews slightly pretty young. Um, although I, I did see some parents on there. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been surprised actually at the amount of baby boomers and parents and and younger people that I've seen on the app. It's, it seems like it's mostly younger people and mostly older people, if that makes sense. I don't know if I can say that, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but it, it's a, it's a broad range is, is where I, I guess my point is it does, it's not just, um, younger generation. And, and even if it is at this point, you know, everybody grows up eventually and everybody likes the apps that they, they grew up with. So I see the, the, um, opportunity is definitely there that's a good point um well great well we will definitely continue to follow you on tiktok is there is there anything else you'd like to you know talk about any projects you're working on or anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up check the channel we're dropping hot (laughs) (laughs) and and where Uh, what are where are the handles that everyone can find you at um, it's at cooking underscore with underscore Justin on Instagram. And then it's just at cooking with Justin, no spaces, no underscores on TikTok. Um, the guy who has at cooking with Justin on Instagram, no longer posts. So I've messaged him a couple of times, never heard anything. <laughs> well, well, Justin, thank you so, so much for, for coming on. It's been a great interview and, and we've definitely learned a lot about the world of grilling and also uh, TikTok and Instagram. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, Michael, Courtney, everybody at the Go Social, thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up today's episode of Eat Drink Social. If you know anyone with an interesting story to share or someone who would like to come on, feel free to reach out to us. Thank you and have a nice day.